Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Coming up on NBA Today, the summer of KD, it continues. Woj, he has the latest reporting from around the league. Plus, Zion Williamson, he speaks for the first time since his new rookie max extension. So hear what he has to say about his future in New Orleans. And Chet Holmgren, he made his summer league debut, and let's just say, It didn't disappoint. Full highlights and so much more. NBA Today starts right now. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Hey there. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews, and I'm here with the best in the business. It's senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. And Woj, free agency, it really is in full swing. It's almost time for all of us to hop on a plane, head to Las Vegas for Summer League, but... The basketball world is still on Kevin Durant watch. So where does his trade request stand as of right now, this moment today? Hey, Malika, listen, Brooklyn continues to talk to teams around the league and, you know, try to see in a lot of scenarios, if there are multiple team deals they could put together to get back the assets that they would want for Kevin Durant, which uh, are immense. You, you saw, I think, part of the baseline set with the Regal Beer trade and essentially five first round picks. And that would only be I think, part of the return Brooklyn would want. You know, they want high level players, uh, perhaps uh, an all star, and then uh, more players. They think this should look like one of the biggest mm. uh, trade returns in league history because there's never been quite a player like Kevin Durant on the market. And I think as uh, executives get to Vegas this week. You know, a lot are going to arrive in town Thursday, Friday, uh, ahead of the weekend. And I think there's an expectation that GMs and team presidents getting in front of each other, Sean Marks being able uh, to visit face to face with other GMs, I think that could be helpful in putting deals together. Well, given that that price tag, that asking request is going to be so high, that it is so immense, is there a path here, Woj, where we could see Kevin Durant return to Brooklyn? Absolutely, especially, Malika, if this drags out Mm. and if there's not a deal found here in the next month and it goes into August and you get closer to training camp, Brooklyn, they don't have to take a deal that they don't want to do. They don't have to talk themselves uh, into a deal. But then at the same time, Kevin Durant, you know, as he looks at the situation, uh, could he look at it differently over time? That's certainly a possibility. And I think as you look, if you're Kevin Durant and you start to look at the teams that you might land at, and then what those teams might look like after they have to unload mm. so many assets, I think that's why there's no rush in this process. And I think. Perhaps there'll be a time where there's better communication going on between Brooklyn and Kevin Durant, and maybe uh, that could impact the idea of him returning. But I don't think anybody's counting on it. And I think all sides are, you know, proceeding as though, listen, that Kevin Durant will be traded at some point. Uh, But 
because of the years left on his contract, four years on his contract, and the fact that this is the offseason. Things can change. They can evolve. There's no question. You know, maybe at some point the Nets come to Kevin Durant with a trade and say, hey, here's something we're about to do. Mm. And he looks at it and says, maybe I'd rather stay here. Now, he doesn't have say. Brooklyn could go forward with it. I just think, Malika, there are a lot of scenarios where certainly Kevin Durant gets moved. But, yes, where he could stay because people do change their minds. They change course. And the fact is he's under contract. And they still have a very talented, uh, pretty talented deep team in Brooklyn that when you look at it up against other teams in the league should be with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving playing at a high level should believe uh, they can play with anybody. Well, one of those players that is on that team as we stand here in this moment is Kyrie Irving. He opted opted into that roughly $37 million player option uh, just a couple of weeks ago. How does he factor into how Kevin Durant is weighing his trade request here? Yeah, and I think that's another consideration Brooklyn has to make about whether it's a positive or negative to move Kyrie Irving either before Kevin Durant or after Kevin Durant. The market is certainly very different for Kyrie Irving, and the Nets have talked with the Lakers, and I believe there's been you know back and forth and communication. And you know, you look at where there's cap space right now. A team like San Antonio could be a facilitator right now, and a. Uh, in a let's say a Russell Westbrook mm. uh, Kyrie Irving deal between the teams they have the cap space now you would have to incentivize them at a pretty high level uh, and I think that's you know, I think the willingness of the Lakers to incentivize uh, a deal with multiple draft picks um, I think that's still uh, you know part of the reason you know that's a deal that hasn't gone anywhere yet that can always change. Again, Rob Palenka, Sean Marks uh, in Vegas this week and moving forward. Uh, I'm sure they'll have conversations there. Uh, but I do think that's part of the equation for Brooklyn is, again, is it do they handle the Kevin Durant deal first and then revisit this? And I think the Lakers motivation, they've looked at other deals. You know, they've continued, uh, I know, to check in on Eric Gordon uh, in Houston, that's certainly a player that interests them. A Buddy Heald in Indiana, uh, different kinds of guards, you know, shooting guards. Certainly, uh, both of those players, uh, former Rob Palenka clients, right? Heald, Eric Gordon. So the Lakers are looking out uh, at different scenarios out in the marketplace, but there's no question. Kyrie Irving is one of them. So you mentioned the Lakers, so let's shift to the West if we could here, because DeAndre Ayton's restricted free agency, it appears to be one of the key offseason dominoes that's yet to fall. So what can you tell us about where the Suns stand on Ayton right now? Emily, yeah, the Kevin Durant talks have probably slowed up. Mm. In fact, I'm, I'm confident they've slowed up, uh, I think, some of the marketplace uh, for DeAndre Ayton because teams who would look at sign-in trades – uh, Aiton would impact their ability to do a Durant deal. Uh, teams with salary cap space, uh, like, you know, who right now could throw an offer sheet or do a sign and trade uh, with Phoenix. Let's say teams like Indiana, Utah, San Antonio, and all teams certainly uh, a young center fits into uh, their timeline and, and their sort of organizational need. But certainly Phoenix knows. Listen, I think the worst case scenario for Phoenix is 
DeAndre Ayton signs a max offer sheet somewhere, and they've got to make a decision mm. on matching it. If they match it and keep them, maybe they trade them, which they can't do for a year. Uh, but I think in those scenarios, I think for the Suns, it's talk, sign, and trade with teams who have cap space that can threaten to sign them to a sheet like Indiana, you know, who's who's getting up there in terms of their ability to uh, to throw down a max sheet at DeAndre Ayton. Um, or teams who don't have cap room, who would just want to do a sign and trade in that way, Phoenix would get back assets for them. But, you know, Phoenix all along has been reluctant uh, to max out DeAndre Ayton. The expectation is he will still find one at some point here in the marketplace. But uh, the Kevin Durant talks, I think, have complicated uh, the timing of DeAndre Ayton, but I think that will pick up again here in the coming days. So for now, we wait and we head to Las Vegas. Adrian Wojnarowski, thank you so much for your time and for your reporting. So a whole lot of interesting stuff there that Woj shared with us. It really has been an eventful offseason for the Nets thus far. You can take a look at it, but the thing that I want to circle is at the top there, Kyrie Irving opting into that $36.5 million player option and then obviously Kevin Durant requesting that trade uh, just before the start of free agency on Thursday acquiring Royce O'Neal and then agreeing to terms with Patty Mills, Nick Claxton, TJ Warren, Kessler Edwards, and Edmund Sumner. So here now, I want to bring in our Brian Winhorst and Kendrick Perkins. Based on all of what we just heard from Woj, I, I want to circle back to one thing. This, this domino of Kevin Durant waiting for that to fall and impact not only Kyrie Irving, but also, Brian, impact players like DeAndre Ayton. What are you hearing from around the league? What stood out to you from the reporting we just heard? Yeah, well, from what I understand, I don't think the Nets are thrilled with the, the offers that they've gotten for Durant yet. I don't think that's a... A hot take mm. considering that they're, you know, reassessing with where they're at. And I think the reason is this. It's it's somewhat known in the NBA that, that Durant prefers going to the Phoenix Suns. And the Suns offer and what they have to offer right now just isn't that interesting to Brooklyn. Brooklyn is interested in other things. That's why Woj and others talk about potentially needing a third or fourth team in a deal. And so if you're a team like the Raptors or, uh, for example, who we've heard about have interest and has had some discussions with Brooklyn, the bar that you have to clear mm. isn't the Nets expectation it's what the expectation or what the offer is from the Suns and so I don't think that the premium offers that I think a lot of us in the media sometimes jump to when we talk about oh well team A can offer the Nets this and we list like four or five beautiful uh, players and asset stuff and swaps and picks and everything they don't often come out of the gate like that and that's why if you study history here about superstar trades over the last 10 to 15 years and we now have a lot of them, especially those trades that happen in the summer. There's two things that we often see. One, they tend to take time. Um, they don't happen sometimes in the first week of July, especially when the trade demand comes late. And secondly, they often aren't for the haul that we always assume in the start. And especially as this pertains to the Raptors, Malika, I will refer you to the Ka Kawhi Leonard trade back in 2018. The Raptors and Masai Ujiri, their team president, 
basically outlasted the market on that. Their yeah. offer, while it did have DeMar DeRozan in it, a, an excellent player, their offer that the Spurs ultimately took was lower than we thought was going to come for Kawhi Leonard. And so it wouldn't surprise me if Masai sticks to that same formula and tries to wait the Nets out. And that's what we're in right now, the waiting game. Well, you mentioned time, and that's something that's so mm. interesting that Woj reported. Kendrick, you played, you were in these locker rooms. When it comes to waiting, Woj said that, you know, the longer this takes, the more sort of options that can Kevin Durant is going to need to weigh, including looking at a team and saying, once all of these players and picks are gone, is this somewhere I want to land, play, and think I can win? How does time, in your eyes, as a player, weigh into all of this? Oh, it weighs heavy. And, and we're talking about Kevin Durant, right? And we're talking about the the effect that it has on everybody else in the locker room. Like, you're going to start getting to the point where teams are going to start hosting their private workouts. You know, players are going to get together and start meeting up in certain locations and having their bonding time and things to that nature. You want to get ahead of the curve. Mm. Here, here's the thing that I have to ask, right? We're still talking about Kevin Durant. And what it's showing me right now is that the league and a lot of GMs are valuing these young, up-and-coming superstars or stars that they have. When you look at a situation like the Toronto Raptors, right, I think beside you, Jerry is hesitant to include Scotty Barnes in the deal. Again, we're talking about Kevin Durant. Right, so I'm looking at the league and I'm looking at uh, like how GMs are starting to value these young superstars and it's very interesting to me and it's also a wake-up call to a lot of people around the league, especially the older vets. Again, Malika, Wendy, we are talking about Kevin Durant is on the market. KD, KD, arguably the best scorer to ever play the game of basketball, the best scorer in my eyes that's still playing right now to this day. And teams are reluctant to give up young superstars. Like, think about that for a second. Not saying that they're not, but the fact that you, Masai Ujiri is saying, hold on, Scotty Barnes is not included in this trade package. That speaks volumes to me. But part of it is the balance, right? The balance between needing to have someone still on the roster that Kevin Durant wants to turn around and say, oh, you gave up all of this, but I can go make that work. I think that's part of the, the, the mm -hmm. balance here, Wendy. I think it's about the deal. You're making a deal. You're not, I mean, no one is arguing about how incredible the player Durant is and how having him on your roster with four years on his contract is valuable. But again, you are operating in a marketplace. And you, you know, if you're an executive out there, what you're trying to do here is you're trying not to overpay. When the Rudy Gobert trade went down last week, it wasn't that people were surprised that Gobert got traded. People were surprised at what it cost for mm. Gobert to get traded. And these teams that are making these deals are worried about cost of the trade, not necessarily the value of having Durant. Absolutely. And that's something that we're going to see teams weigh, especially as Woj said, GMs, front office folks, they are descending on Las Vegas in the coming days. And that's where we see the sausage get made. Okay, don't go anywhere. We're going to get much more into free agency. Brian and Perk, thank you so much. Uh, shifting gears here, though, the White House. They say that President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris spoke with Sherelle Griner, the wife of detained WNBA star Brittany Griner, by phone. That was on Wednesday. Sherelle Griner has repeatedly requested an in-person meeting with the president, but 
This phone call, it's the first time they've spoken directly. And as we've chronicled on this show, Brittany Griner, she's been in a Russian prison for four months and is currently on trial in Russia, facing 10 years in prison on a drug charge. And in his phone call with Sherelle, the White House said that Biden read the draft of a letter that he's sending to Griner and, quote, offered his support to Sherelle and Brittany's family. And he committed to ensuring that they are provided with all the possible assistance while his administration pursues every avenue to bring Brittany home. Still to come on NBA Today, how Chet Holmgren's impressive debut has already warranted movement in his rookie of the year and DPOY odds. Plus, we have our LA reporters there in studio and we're going to dissect the offseason for both the LA teams. Also, we dive into the potential trade packages for KD and Donovan Mitchell. Do not miss that. NBA Today is back after the break. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. NBA Today is brought to you by Marvel Studios' Thor Love and Thunder. In theaters everywhere this Friday. I want it out. Breaking news, Gonzaga's Chet Holmgren transitioning from the kennel to playing with the big dogs as the freshman center declared for the NBA draft. Run it. What is a team getting when they draft you? A team, when they draft me, they're getting a versatile player, you know, that's affecting winning. I think I could be a 50-40-90 player. Okay, that's what there I want to hear. There we go. That's what I want to hear. Your plans going into the NBA for us putting on weight. You know, although you had a You can hang out with Perk for a week. Nah, I don't. <laughs> I want to know his individual goals because if he tells us he's goals and he accomplishes his goals, guess what? We can revisit this moment 15, 20 years down the line and say he said it today on NBA Today. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to shoot for anything less than, you know, the highest. I want it out. Run it. Oh, my God. He's gonna, come on, man. He's ready. He's nice. about to be in a little baby video. I have to do this. that for all my people that's probably watching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's the meaning behind the dice? You got to hold the mic. So, my bad. <laughs> I got you. I'm big on betting on myself, so had to put on, on the dice. If you could give yourself advice a year ago, what would it be? Stay in the moment. Stay where your feet are because, you know, it goes so fast. Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. 
try not to play favorites, but he's one of the best, my favorite recurring guests we've had the pleasure of having on NBA Today, Mr. Chet Holmgren, and he put on a show last night in Utah, too. And here's your proof. I, I promised myself, don't overreact to Summer League, but how can you not, Dave McMenamin, overreact to this? Because he gets to the hoop, he's able to finish like that, and then watch this. Look where he pulls up from. So Butter. smooth and so deep, his range. And look at that. That looks like a guard with the comfort factor pulling up. And then on the other end of the floor, by the way, that is Taco Fall number 99 there that he just blocked. Can we see how tall exactly is Taco? Oh, yeah, he's seven foot six. And Chet, he doesn't even need to get up that much in order to make that play. Absolutely impressive. And then his length once again. He got a piece of that. On a fadeaway jump shot. Behind the back, no look pass. Absolutely beautiful. Hits the deck in the process, but that's okay. And then once again, his shooting on full display here. Off the dribble, off the bounce, total command, total control, and buckets. <laughs> you could say that again. And then you can also say this. Once again, off of one leg. Does that hmm? Does that does that remind you of anybody? Oh yes. The German. Doing the Dirk, I just, this was absolutely, once again, I said it, I said don't overreact, don't do it, but then he does this. That looks like it's straight out of a volleyball game, up at the net, that's exactly how you would block someone at the net in volleyball, and then he says to the handful of Summer League fans, that's right, I've arrived, here's what he had to say after the game. Man, just shout out to my teammates setting me up, uh, you know, talking to me, putting me in position to be successful. Shout out this guy right here, you know, double-double with assists, uh, you know, great night for him, and uh, you know, that helped me a lot. A new summer league record for blocks. We talked about your competitive Only spirit. Six. Only six. That's He's a he, that's a record. Oh well, I'm coming to break it again. So. You not love this guy. All right, Chet did it all in his summer league debut. Filled up the stat sheet: 23 points, seven boards, four assists, six blocks, four threes. He's the first player with at least five blocks and four made threes in a summer league game all time. So, Perk, I, I remember when we were covering the draft, you compared him to Giannis for a very compelling reason. What did you learn from his performance last night? You, you know what I. I love it when I, I, I'm so right. And listen, I'm not about to overreact to one. I'm not about to overreact to one summer league game. But look, we could see it. We could see it. We saw glimpses of Kristaps Przingis, the way he was able to stretch the floor last night. And then we saw his tenacity, the way that he finishes around the basket, relentless as far as protecting the basket, going challenge everything, his decision-making, his heart. And you know what he came back and said? I'm going to break the record. His own record that he set. Like, how can you not love this kid? And I just remember on draft night, they had a couple idiots out there saying, oh, perk with these comparisons. Like, why is he doing why what just making them up? And now you see a guy like Chet that's out there shining like new money. Look, he has one more game if I'm Sam Presti and I'm shutting him down. Brian? I'm shutting him down. Well, I one more him. game and so, I'm shutting so, him down. No. Yeah, I'll, don't do that, Perk. A lot of people uh, like Jonathan Gavoni watch these guys from when they're like grade school mm -hmm. players. I don't. But Jeff Holmgren, I have watched for years because he's from the upper Midwest. And I will tell you, he's even got more to his game than he showed in this. His competitive streak is amazing. And wait until you see how he is competitive. This was a particularly great shooting night. Watch when he's having a bad shooting night or he gets shown up and how he reacts. There was never any doubt that this guy's skills in the game. The only reason anybody could ever knock him is because of his frame. But everything 
else checks bright green check mark on his uh, on, on his uh, on his draft board. And I think you will continue to see tremendous play from Chet Holmgren going forward as the league tries to figure out how to deal with him. And Brian, as impressive as what we saw him do on the court was, listening to the guys he's out there in Salt Lake City talk about the performance was so encouraging. Coach Cameron, the, the OKC Summer League coach, saying everything he did came in the flow of what we were trying to do as a team. It wasn't him trying to force anything. And then Josh Giddy, who could say, who's this guy taking my shine, taking my touches, taking my attention, because I'm a young up-and-coming player trying to make it myself said already he is in love playing with him and he pointed out the pass first nature that Giddy brings to the court and obviously Chet does as well. I mean, that's going to be a fun brand of basketball and you throw in a guy like Shea Gilders Alexander who also loves to pass the ball. That should be a team mm -hmm. that can make some strides this year. I'm not saying the West is stacked, but I think they can have a growth type of year. It's going to be a fun brand of basketball. It's also going to be a tall brand of basketball. They have a tall starting lineup. And I know, Perk, you compared, uh, what would you say, if Giannis and Kristaps Porzingis had a baby, it would be Chet Holmgren. Is that right? Yeah. So, so I, yep. think Kevin, mm -hmm. uh, I think Kevin Durant, though, Man. not necessarily when it comes to player, <laughs> but body type, that's someone that we can look to as maybe a comparison. And he took notice of Chet's debut, and he tweeted this, I see you cooking seven. First day on the job was a success. And, yes, he, he was wearing some Kevin Durant. Body type so, and you know, sneaker type. Love the kicks. Uh, we'll have another Salt Lake City Summer League doubleheader. It's tonight, our coverage of Grizzlies Thunder. It tips at 7 Eastern, followed by the Sixers and the Jazz. And these games, they're preps for NBA Summer League in Las Vegas. That starts on Thursday. And that's where I want to see him, Perk. So don't shut him down too early. Coming up, though, on NBA Today, how can the Lakers legitimately land Kyrie? Woj touched on it, but we have our reporters in studio. We also check in on the superstar duo of PG and Kawhi. And why would the Raptors not go all in for KD? And why the Jazz not trade Donovan Mitchell? We debut a brand new segment with Brian Windhorst, also Zion Williamson. He speaks for the first time since his new contract extension kicks in. Keep it locked. NBA Today rolls on after this. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. would think that they can't contend for a title. Y'all can have. That's just because you're hating on the situation. He goes there, they might win the West. Y'all can have the Lakers conversation. You out? I'm going for it. Okay, cool. And present. Start your offseason already? No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. Man, the buffet doesn't close till 5.30, bro. <laughs> anyway, so what we were talking about, why I like it also is because we forget about Phil Handy. I'm sorry. Hey, Park, uh, we're talking about the Lakers again today. You good with that? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. I, I got a, a weekend of rest. I'm, I'm straight. I ate good, so I, I'm good. I'm good to hear about the Lakers. Okay, I mean, Dave, just, what you got for us, just, Dave? Just so everybody <laughs> is aware, Dave included. You really did have a flight to catch. We learned that, so I'm good with that. But since since mm-hmm. producer Perk mentioned it, Dave, we'll start with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have your pulse on the Lakers <laughs> up to the minute. Woj reported earlier on our show that a third team, you know, a team like the Spurs, right? They could get involved as a third team in order to help facilitate getting Kyrie Irving to Los Angeles and moving Russell Westbrook out. But how do you see the Lakers being able to legitimately reunite Kyrie and LeBron here? Yeah, Malika, Adrian described it so well that the Lakers do have the type of package that should be able to acquire Kyrie Irving, especially the signal is out the league that Kyrie would like to be in L.A. beyond next season. So any other team that was to try to deal for him would be getting a rental player. And quite frankly, a rental player with some warts who has really been unreliable the last several seasons. Now, the question is, is Brooklyn actually have no interest in bringing on Russell Westbrook, or is this Brooklyn's positioning in order to try to get the Lakers to offer up more? Right. Because, you know, this could come down to the Lakers kind of bidding against themselves because it's known that Kyrie wants to mm. be in L.A. And so that's going to be the interesting part here. Great reporting from Adrian Wojnarowski positing that the Spurs could be that third team because, quite frankly, the Spurs, have we seen them not uh, tendering an offer to Lonnie Walker and, and trading to Jonte Murray, they are not in win-now mode. And they're going to need some inning eaters. And Russell Westbrook can certainly be that for them. Hmm. Okay, so Kendrick, since you're Mm. ready now to talk about the Lakers, I'm so glad you decided to join us for this one. What do you make of what we just heard from Dave? The Lakers better be very, very careful, right, when dealing with Russell Westbrook. And I say that to say this. I understand that they want Kyrie Irving, and rightfully so. I do agree that Kyrie Irving moves the needle. But when you talk about Russell Westbrook, we're talking about a guy that didn't have a great season last year, a guy that was being booed, a guy that didn't fit in well, had one of the worst seasons in his career, and he still had some okay, some great numbers for as your average NBA player. But if you're talking about you know involving Russell Westbrook in the trade, and you talk about getting Kyrie Irving. Just say it don't happen. Now you have to bring Russell Westbrook back in. Mm. Now you have to worry about putting a Band-Aid over that, that wound and bring it back and, and letting Russell Westbrook know that he's wanted because he's an emotional guy. And you don't want to see the same Westbrook, same Russell Westbrook that you saw last year. So if I'm the Lakers, I'm very, very careful on how I approach this Kyrie Irving situation. Okay, so but for so far, what we've seen the Lakers do this season, we've seen them this offseason, rather, we've seen them make sort of these moves around the edges, these sort of perimeter moves. So, Perk, I'm going to start with you here. How would you describe the Lakers' offseason up until this point? Um, I, I honestly believe I think it's they having the worst offseason. You got okay. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and they really haven't did anything to move the needle. Mm. And I'm going to just leave it at that. Not if you not if you consider yourself a contender. You haven't did anything to absolutely move the needle. Not like the other teams are doing right now. And no disrespect to these players, but in my opinion, they're not moving the needle and trying to get help you win a championship. Malika, I talked to one Western Conference team today who had interest in Kyrie Irving and said they're out because they said the Nets were asking for too much. Uh, what they wanted back in return without naming the players was basically two 
a starter and a half, almost two young front court players from them. And so they didn't, this team does not have picks, so they did not add it in, so they're out. That doesn't mean that's going to be what the Lakers and perhaps the Spurs are going to be given in. But I think knowing Joe Sy mm -hmm. and how he trusts in Sean Marks, he's going to want Sean Marks to get the best deal possible, and they're not going to do Kyrie Irving any favors. I would agree with Perk as well. Russell Westbrook, the dynamic between Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, I'm very curious about this, Dave, because if Russell Westbrook comes back and they don't get Kyrie Irving, and you know Russell Westbrook's going to know that any move made by the Lakers would have had to be signed off by LeBron James, especially with Kyrie Irving. What do you think that dynamic is going to be if Russell Westbrook has to return? If he has to return, he's got to play better basketball for them to have any shot of doing anything next year. He was one of the league leaders in turnovers, one of the league's worst players when it comes to outside shooting, uh, only behind uh, Julius Randle in terms of the amount of shots he took from the perimeter and his inability to convert on them. So honestly, the relationship will have to be figured out on the basketball court. Yeah. I think the other stuff doesn't really matter. And guess what, like, Perk, I understand your point. You had to take care of your players in the contingency that that player would be back with the team next year. Now, you saw some of that from Darvin Ham at his first day introductory press conference where he was lauding Russell Westbrook. But it's no secret that the Lakers have interest in trading Russell Westbrook if they can. Mm. And so you, you got to live in reality too, Perk. Right, so that's the Lakers side of things. Let's go no. to the Clippers. Okay, no. yes, Kendrick. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I agree. Okay. I agree. No problem. With, no problem with go that. Go ahead. I thought you were. I thought you were. I thought you were. I was like, oh, okay. I thought Kendrick was coming for you. All right, let's go to the Clippers. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll, I'm going to make this simple. Um, Kawhi, Paul George. What have they been up to? It's been a while. So Kawhi has yet to be cleared for five-on-five five basketball as of last week, but he is still progressing. They're obviously taking things very slow with Kawhi. Mm. But in the meantime, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, from what I've been told, have been organizing workouts with the team, getting as many as eight to 12 guys in the gym, not only in Los Angeles, but then they did have almost like a field trip in San Diego to visit Kawhi a few weeks ago, work out there with him. They're going through drills, and then the vets usually get together again in Las Vegas for a few days during summer league so they can watch the young guys play while working out there. Um, you know, from what we've been told, Kawhi Leonard looks good. He's yeah. on pace to kind of make make his way back. He's been working with a what Lawrence Frank calls a maniacal work ethic. Yeah. So uh, it's you know I just think they're going to take things very slow, but at least these guys are continuing to work on their chemistry. Well. John Wall is going to play a piece right in that chemistry. Well, what's the Clippers' plans for the all-star, the former all-star point guard here? So I've been told that this is going to be a point guard starting competition, basically, between Reggie Jackson and John Wall mm. in camp. I think the Clippers need to see what John Wall still has left. In fact, they haven't seen him for over a year. Nobody has. Yeah. But John Wall recently worked out at the team facility, and so that gives the Clippers really their first glimpse of how he's going to look in five-on-five. What we need to see is, does he still have that elite speed that has made him so good? Can he shoot the ball and play off ball? Because, listen, John Wall at his best is when he has the ball in his hands. But if he's going to be on the floor with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, there's only one ball to go around. He's going to have to play off the ball and be able to catch and shoot. Yeah. But I think what Ty Lue is going to like about John Wall is that he's going to be able to push the pace. The Clippers have been like the slowest team in the NBA. They don't run. Ty Lue every year talks about, I'd like us to run more. John Wall can push the pace. Are there going to be guys that run with him? That is going to be the question. But I think the Clippers are starting to see they're getting their first glimpse of what John Wall can do when he just worked out five on five in the facility. Well, I've said this a couple of times over the last couple of days. The Nuggets are my dark horse right now in the West. I really like what they're doing. I don't think you can call the Clippers a dark horse. I think they're just talented. If they can get healthy, they are going to be a team to watch. What do you think, Perk? 
they're my favorite to win it all. Yes, I'm saying that today, wow. July the 6th, 2022. <laughs> a healthy Clippers team is the, the team that is going to be my favorite to win it all. You think about Kawhi Leonard, right? He's one of, when it is, it, when healthy, he's a top five player in the NBA. Paul George, we know what he's capable of doing. He showed us signs of that last year and, and before that, that he's back. Reggie Hot Sauce Jackson. Most importantly, <laughs> right? They have wings. They have wings. Versatile wings. Three and D. Yes. Yes. Three and and D guys. When you think about them. Yep. When you think about them re-signing Nicholas Batoon, a guy that could defend multiple uh, positions, stretching the floor, cutting, uh, cutting, a guy that could, could... could be in multiple positions and stretch the floor as well, give those guys spacing. They re-signed Big Zubak. You still got Norman Powell over there, a guy that has shown us he's capable of averaging 20. And then you have one of the best coaches in the game of basketball in Ty Lue. I'm looking at this Clippers team, and I'm like, look, if they're healthy next year, they should be the favorites going into the season. No disrespect to the Golden State Warriors, right? I understand y'all want it. But the Clippers healthy, they're my favorite. In my pick to win it all. And Perk, I caught up with a member of the organization over the holiday weekend, and they're already talking that way, and they should be. It's not that they're cocky, it's not mm-hmm. that they're saying championship or bust, but the window is wide open for them. They are very much aware of that, and they feel like as an organization, no one would have planned for the injuries that occurred to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but they feel like they've done everything in that time to get the rest of the group ready to strike when those guys take the court. Now, I mean, Kawhi's, it's been like a long time yeah. with no 505. Hopefully yeah. that's just overly cautious yeah. Yeah. because that's going to be key to the whole operation. But put all the pieces together, as Perk said it, they should be t- four teams that you'd, you'd say they'd be in that top four to win the championship. Hey, listen, when you add some talent and a little bit of something to prove, that can be a dangerous and delicious recipe, and that's what the Clippers got cooking. All right, still to come on NBA Today, we're going to debut a new segment with Brian Windhorst, and we're going to talk about why some trades may not have been made yet. More NBA Today coming up after the break. Perk, we heard that mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm. There's a trade yesterday between the Utah Jazz and the Brooklyn Nets. It's a very strange trade. Very strange trade. They traded Royce O'Neal to Brooklyn for a future first-round draft pick. Why would the Jazz do that? Why would they do that? Why did Quinn Snyder walk away from that job? Why? What? Space to try to land Kevin? No. What's going on in Utah? Why would the Jazz do that? Why would they do that? It's a very strange trade. Very strange trade. I mean, there's a better than good chance we're going to see that performance at the Oscars next year. I mean, the way you built the suspense, the timing. I mean, it was an absolute masterclass. I, I, I was scrolling the memes all mm-hmm. weekend. Can I ask, Brian, what your reaction was to seeing that blow up on Twitter? It's, it's so rare that we ask questions like that and they are answered so quickly, which the Jazz answered very nicely before the holiday weekend in trading Rudy Gobert. Um, my weekend was spent with my four-year-old who wanted to know where I'd Dang. been for eight of the last nine weeks. Um, he did not care about the memes, <laughs> but uh, he was happy nonetheless, and so that, that made it a good weekend. Well, I, 
I thank you because they made me happy. And I, 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 that's all I can, I can ask for. It made me smile. Uh, all right, so it's only natural that we turn that moment into a little segment called Why Would? Perk, can you give me a little, um, you know, why, why? A little Brian, a little, uh, yep, there it is, there it is. Uh, so, Perk, please chime in here as well. You look like you're doing from the windows to the wall. Uh, the floor is yours, though, Brian. Yeah. Let's start with a Why Would the Nets prioritize players over picks? Well, Malika, they don't control their next five drafts that's been traded to the Houston Rockets. Mm. So, um, you know, they went through this process uh, when they rebuilt after trading away their draft control to the Celtics. And it took a long time for them to get back on their feet. And so if you look at the transactions that they have made this offseason, picking up Royce O'Neal, which is a win-now move, re-signing Patty Mills, signing TJ Warren. These are veteran pickups. Those are not rebuild moves. Those are moves designed to continue to compete uh, for, for next season. And so, by the way, and as Woj said earlier, they don't just want veteran players. They want veteran players and picks. They want everything. They want it all. So, but, you know, if you go back, I think what Joe Sy is looking for is he's looking for a team that competes and, and com is competitive for the playoffs. Like the team that he had before Durant and Kyrie got there. I think that's what he wants. He doesn't want a team that wins 17 games. Mm -hmm. Kendrick? And he shouldn't. Look, I'm, I mean, he should want to compete. He shouldn't want to go from Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving to rebuilding. Who wants to do that? And there's so much that you could get back for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I wouldn't want picks either. <laughs> Give me a young superstar, a young star in the making to come build so I can continue to be the most relevant thing in New York when it comes to basketball. I can have the edge over the New York Knicks when it comes to basketball. We could talk about the Brooklyn Nets in the city of New York when it comes to basketball. Give me superstar star caliber young players okay. over picks any day. So then next question, why would the Raptors not go all in on Kevin Durant, Mr. Windhorst? Mm. Because they might not have to. I mean, let's take a look at history. The history <laughs> is the Kawhi Leonard trade. When, when they did the Kawhi Leonard trade, they didn't necessarily have the best offer, but they were able to wait it out. And, they, and then more important, Malika, they had a good sense of the market for Kawhi Leonard. Mm. And so right now, as they look at the market for Kevin Durant, I'm not so sure they feel like they need to make their highest and best offer. I think they know that the, the Suns offer isn't what the Nets want. I think they know that Zion Williamson is now off the board. They, they, they can't trade for him. I think they know that the Heat can't beat the offer that they had. So why should Masai Ujiri, who, by the way, playing poker in the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes worked out for him. Mm. Why wouldn't he em employ the mm. same strategy here? Make an offer and wait for it to need to be improved. Look, if you look at what they've got, they're holding a pretty strong hand. They have Pascal Siakam. They have OG Ananobi. They control all of their draft picks. Why would we even need, if you're them, you'd say, why would we even need to discuss Scotty Barnes at this point? I don't think Scott, not only do I not think mm. Scotty Barnes is in the offer, I don't think he's anywhere close to being in the offer yet. And they 
maybe that'll backfire oh. on him. But Masai Ujiri won doing this in the past. And I think he likes his position. And so that's why the Nets, I think, are pulling back and even contemplating, hey, maybe we just don't trade him. That's a negotiating position for him, uh, for them, just like uh, Masai Ujiri has a negotiating position. And I think it'd be, it could end up being quite effective depending on where the Nets uh, want to draw the line. Kendrick? Hey. Can, can we be honest for a second? I hope if you're that's a general all we manager, do. if you if <clears throat> and if you're Messiah, you jury, do you fully trust Kevin Durant like that? Like, I mean, if, we, if we're being honest here and we look at KD history, if I'm a, if, if I'm somebody in the front office, I'm not just putting all my trust in the KD. I don't know whether what he's thinking or when he might decide to leave or when he might request a trade. So why would I give up a young Superstar or cal superstar caliber player and Scotty Barnes for that I know is has a, a, a ceiling that has a high ceiling. I wouldn't do that either. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Why Would? Uh, thank you for playing, and please let's. Uh, Who bring... came up with the music? <laughs> oh, you like it? I kind of am a fan. I like it. Yeah, I'm with yeah. it. <laughs> hey guys, it's WNBA All Star Weekend in Chicago Saturday on ESPN. Three point contest, skills challenge, three Eastern, then Sunday it's the 18th annual All Star Game. It's on ABC at one Eastern, and both are also available on the ESPN app. Coming up. On NBA Today, Zion Williamson, he just hit the podium in New Orleans. We go there live. Plus, we have a very special Top of the Top Zion edition. That's next. Don't go anywhere. He's the most unique player on the planet. I am who I am. I'm Zion. Happy 22nd birthday, Zion. I know I said that he was sitting down at the podium, but he's running a little late on uh, Richard Jefferson standard time. So we will continue to wait. Uh, Zion has only played 85 career games in his first three seasons, but he's gotten plenty of buckets. So let's do a little Zion version of top of the top, starting with top alley-oop Kendrick Perkins. Oh my goodness! Whoa. I mean, uh, oh, he didn't mean to jump. The backboard <laughs> it rattled mean. on that one. That, oh my goodness! I can't wait to see him healthy again. Nature. Let's go to top SWAT. It's Nuggets versus Pelicans. You remember this? What do you say? Slide those puppies. Oh. And then that happens. Send it to I just like to get him back to his Duke fella. defensive days. Ah. He was one of the best. He, he was one of the best defenders in college basketball. We haven't seen that in the NBA. It's in there. It yeah, is in there. I, I can't wait to see him see, healthy because if we can see that, ooh wee! And then he's gonna put some muscle you gotta in his understand, hustle. That's a that's a block with a message. <laughs> well, what about this? Pelicans versus Warriors. He misses. Sticks with it again and again and again and one. Oh. And then he lets the fans you, in San Francisco hear it. We do realize that these are other grown men that, that he's playing against, right? Ooh. <laughs> he's, the, he's the most dominant I cannot wait to see him healthy and on the floor. NBA Today will be back in 60 seconds. 
Welcome back to NBA Today. Hey, let's take a look at the 2K covers that just came out. Yes, I see Michael Jordan, but uh, Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi, okay. I see it and I like it. And I'm not even a video game person and I appreciate that. Hey, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. We are less than 24 hours away from NBA Today being live from Summer League. So we will see you there. Thank you so much to Dave McMenamin, Ohm Young Masuk, Big Perk, and Brian Windhorst and Adrian Wojnarowski. All of us will see you from Las Vegas tomorrow.